Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast show. And uh, this morning, we're joined by Susan McAlonan, who is uh, joining us from Manchester uh, via Northern Ireland. And she is a business and transformation lead. So uh, how are you doing this morning, Susan? You okay? I I am pretty good. Uh, The weather here at the minute is kind of of showing us all seasons in the same half hour. Uh, so it doesn't know what to do with itself, but otherwise it's kind of fresh and it's nice and the countryside is beautiful. So, yeah, everything's good. Oh, that's good. That's good. And uh, have you had all the, the vicious winds that, that we had in uh, Wales last night? Uh, yeah, we had those the night before uh, and uh, a little bit, but I, I suspect but I, I can see from the mountainside that we are likely to get some a little bit of uh, stormy weather uh, later on today. So. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And um, obviously we met on uh, Clubhouse and uh, you know, I meet a lot of people, uh, probably the last 50 odd guests or so on my podcast have been from Clubhouse. So we'll get into a bit of Clubhouse in chat later. Uh, but for now, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, you know what you do. You said obviously your business and transformation lead. Um, tell us what that entails and how you ended up sort of coming about doing that really. Okay. Uh, well, so it's a, it's a business change and transformation leads. So generally, I would go into companies to deliver a particular project or program, um, or uh, they want to uh, generate uh, some cost savings or improve a customer experience. Um, and therefore, that's about less about them knowing what they want to do and you actually generating the ideas for things they need to do to actually uh, achieve those things. Um, and I usually work quite closely with uh, either a transformation director or a, or, a, or a change director or a commercial director quite often. And then in the last few years, I've been working quite closely with uh, financial services directors uh, because uh, things that I've got into in the last five years are about turnaround situations where um, projects are uh, i.e. there's some regulatory change that needs to be delivered by a certain time scale. They're not meeting the deadlines. And then I go in to kind of help them deliver that by looking at the scope and actually then really focusing on the delivery and getting everybody to work together. And um, so for me, I started off, um, I started my career really in, um, I'd done a degree in like social housing. So that was all about helping people. But then when I realised that it was very difficult to get people to you know, pay the rent properly, uh, uh, etc. And there's like 10, 10 glass bottle of whiskey hanging out of their bags or you know, a sleeve of 200 cigarettes. You can't tell people to do that. But I'd actually gone to work for Safeway, one of their distribution centres during a summer break. And I absolutely loved it because it meant that it was very logical. And I realized that, that, that I had a lot more logical thinking than I'd ever thought possible. So anyway, I finished my degree. They offered me like a junior management position. And uh, that was all about around uh, working with data, reporting, uh, trying to generate kind of like ideas for improvements. And, and then from there, I, I kind of like, um, I then moved into more projects, uh, uh, changed roles with a, uh, into another company, which was a small company, but so therefore I was a slightly bigger fish in a small company. So there, but I got a whole range of experience across the whole organization, including uh, you know, marketing, buying, merchandising, IT, et cetera. Uh, and, um, and then from there I'd gone to, they sponsored me to do an MBA, which was very good. And then from there I'd uh, gone into uh, really honing in to, into supply chain 
which is where I'd come from originally. Uh, and then uh, and then I took on a development role within ASDA. Uh, and in there, I kind of introduced their first stockless distribution because that was, uh, it just been bought out by Walmart. And that was a very uh, popular strategy they used there. And I introduced it into ASDA. That was the first one uh, in the country that did it. Uh, and, um, and then I'd gone there to work for, um, which was Greek University Stores. Um, and they became uh, a very great because the Barclay Brothers bought out Littlewoods and various other companies, whatever, to create this bigger, bigger company. And, uh, and though, though I'd worked in operations, uh, then I was asked to go and work in contact centres. Uh, and then that was a completely different dynamic for me, because obviously that a call can go in lots of different directions. Um, but again, it's the same. It's, it's logics or logistics in a way. Um, and then from in that role, I had... Um, again, doing projects, but also that um, uh, back in, there was like, uh, they created this kind of like, it was almost like a colleague suggestion scheme for improvements. Uh, and because it was all around, you know, improving the customer experience. And because the advisors in the contact centers spoke to the customers, 90% of the ideas generated actually came from that particular function. Yeah. And then, um, and I was. I used to uh, work. Um, I used to work for a credit reference agency, and we used to oh, have. Like, right, uh, okay. Yeah, and, and and that was all via a contact centre, and uh, and so we used to have. Uh, well, I also run the corporate sales team, so we used to go out and see people as well. But we used to have like a suggestions box, or so like a customer one and a and a um, uh, employees one, if you like, and they would get yes. picked into a uh, like a committee who would pick some of the best ones and implement them into the business. And it's exactly the exact same principle. Yeah. But, and I guess because that, um, it, you know, in contact centres, and, and I've come across this over and over again, um, is that the, you know, the data, the reporting is very good, right? So there's a lot of transparency as to what happens to contact centres. So it's very easy for other, other functions to actually point the finger at the contact centres, of which they did uh, quite liberally. And um, then what I then um, had to do is actually challenge that and say, Yes, the problem may manifest itself in contact centres, but the actual root cause is actually being caused much further up the supply chain. Yeah. Um, and therefore, um, we had to go upstream, you know, back into the likes of merchandising and marketing, etc. And I guess because I had that experience previously working for the small company, I could see that bigger picture than perhaps then you know, drilling down solely on contact centres. And yeah. I brought that skill in um, and, uh, and therefore... Uh, we got a lot of stuff done right uh, because we were able to put, say, in actual fact, it's not contact centres. We need to work more collaboratively with the rest of the other areas um, to actually try and get things done. So anyway, did there, got made, to, uh, we got outsourced to Circle, different kind of scenario again about um, more focused on the customer experience improvements, but in a much wider, with, with an MPS score measurement, which obviously then we focused on trying to make uh, improvements to that and then we got made redundant and because I'd worked there a long time I had a little bit of money and I decided let's go contracting yeah. uh, and that's where then where really I am today uh, I've ran my own my own company for the last uh, five to six years um, and I've worked for a number of big and small organizations uh, both retail financial services utilities trans you know uh, telecommunications and um, and the Again, very much, you know, using a lot of the skills I had got much, even, yeah. even much earlier in my career, right, to actually bring in 
Um, and, um, you know, I usually get titles like, you know, when you those companies, you go in for like nine months, 12 months, 18 months was the longest I, I did. And you're either, you know, called, you have to be called something. So the project manager, program manager, portfolio manager, whatever, right? And, um, and then uh, generally is then, as I said earlier, right at the beginning, it's about delivering either specific um, piece of software or it's about uh, new ways of working um, or it's about generating ideas to make improvements to specific measurements, which are usually around you know, either cost savings or customer experience improvements or that turnaround situation where something isn't going the way it should be going uh, and coming in to actually then really focus on that delivery. Yeah, yeah, I can see the logical step. Um, I can see the logical step of where you ended up, if you like, because of the the vast difference in the experiences, etc. So exactly, that, that's, why, that's why you become a, a transformation and change consultant rather than say just a, a customer contact experience or a, or a distribution exactly. or whatever, because you've done the different varied things, which gives you that yeah. overall uh, view of the various different aspects of different sized companies and different industry sectors, et cetera. Very much so, Mike. And I, and I wouldn't say that I was, you know, I'm not a pure project manager. I'm not a pure program manager because I'm very much on the ground because I've, you know, I've seen it. Uh, it's almost like you become a little bit more streetwise when yes. you're there uh, and therefore you can get actually really down, hunker down into the root cause of issues and, and address them appropriately um, and I'm not, I'm not for going in and, you know, making a quick, you know, tape recovery or solution. It's about to actually, yeah. you know, fix it fundamentally. So when you walk structural, away. Structural yeah, changes, you know, absolutely. foundational changes. Exactly. Spot on. So that, that's, that's me kind of, I know I've, I've kind of like rambled on a little bit, but um, that's me in kind of a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. Well, I understand that myself because I have uh, have a similar sort of experience, I guess. Um, different roles, if you like, in different companies. But I've always been in management roles and yes, part yeah. of making these changes, if you like, structural, foundational changes to improve or you know make things more efficient or more productive or more more output or whatever. Because I've been again in small. I've been the the David and the Goliath in different industries right. as well. Yes. So understanding the different you know aspects and benefits of that you know and the you know the, the the david's being sort of quick and nimble and innovative and stuff and the goliath's being you know consistent and structured and processed and yeah. you know you have these yeah. different different beasts if you like and I've, I've had to if you like as a salesperson or sales manager or the corporate sales manager or quick sales director or whatever i've had to be able to if you like understand that have influence on the changes in it but also then be able to communicate that to the customers about you know why why they should invest in us because of the reasons why our foundations are different or our structures are different or our processes are different etc so yeah i understand exactly where you're coming from and uh, that would make you i, I suppose a very uh, very flexible and adaptable business tra uh, transformation and and change lead because you know that varied experience does give, gives you that ability like you said to think on your feet and see visions and solutions that other people can't see because they haven't got the rich mix of experience that you've got yeah and and, and i think that 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 does come out although you know it is a little bit challenging at the minute to, to try and find a new a, a, you know half decent contract because uh, a lot of a lot of companies seem to want unicorn uh, kind of they want people to be exclusively um experienced on in a very small niche areas uh, and that can make for quite difficulty although 
you know, I keep on being told that I'm in an ideal situation because lots of companies will want to look for efficiencies and, yeah. and look for um, uh, customer experience improvements and turnaround situations. Uh, but uh, they said that last year and look what happened. So it's like, yeah. you know, uh, I'm hoping that something comes up. But, I, you know, I keep I keep talking to people, I keep sharing things. Uh, and then I'm, I'm hoping that something uh, exciting uh, will come up. And, and there's always ways to make, you know, perhaps to pivot a little bit uh, like I did last year, uh, just yeah. to do different things, just to try and get a little bit of money coming in. And um, yeah. But it, it doesn't necessarily have the... I guess the satisfaction you have when you actually go in and deliver something a little bit bigger. Yeah. Well, my guess is there are, there are there some of these big companies have changed their contact center approach to being home-based rather than in, in the office. You know, some of these supermarkets and, and whatever, you know, some of the areas you, you've, you've talked about where your experience lies, some of yeah. them have grown rapidly because of the online stuff and had to put new processes in. And what my experience is with, with a lot of that is sometimes the growth happens, but then it creaks in certain places and, and then something breaks you know what i mean because because not everything grows in the same proportion and then that's often when they need somebody to come in and and help them because you know maybe they've they've grown so quickly they haven't been looking at the efficiencies but then a year or so into it they're like the the directors are like well can we sharpen up in this area or can we yes. improve this area etc so so it may be that a boom time is is to come at some point when those sort of decisions are being made after so one year assessment, which we're coming up to now, actually, aren't we? We're coming up to the one year assessment of yeah, of, of, it actually ties in with the financial year as well, doesn't it? End of March, yes, yeah. yeah, financial yeah. year. A lot of people will look at those financial reports and then look at okay, what do we need to do to make sure that our pivot and our adaptation is yes, even more yes. efficient in year two. And I think you're you're right because certainly the, uh, there's a lot of um, you know, a lot of uh, chittering in the press about the supply chains of these retail companies are not as efficient as they would like them to be so yeah. that is certainly is is panning out uh, and they're looking for perhaps they do some things uh, differently um to you know because they just haven't got that shift right between uh, the mix between offline and online and being purely um, online whatever you know so we'll, we'll yeah. see of, um, of, or do you do anything as well? I've heard of a few people that, you know, there's this like um, B Corp and, um, you know, uh, uh, applying to the UN 17 principles of sustainability and uh, and climate uh, awareness and all that sort of thing. So I, yeah. I've been told there's quite a lot of big companies going to be hatcheting their supply chain for them to be able to apply and, and, and you know, be compliant with a lot of this new um, sort of strategy on, on on social inclusion and diversity and you know sustainability and all that so so w will that mean that there's some companies looking to make some changes and transformation to their supply I, chains I think I think so that um, I think that there is legislation that that will start coming in yeah. uh, 23 24 etc that will drive people to yeah looking more long-term about their supply chain and their impact yeah. of, of, on their environment, uh, rather than just looking at a short-term, i.e. you know, annual or you know, even five-year plans. I think there'll be longer things coming in. And I have been advised that, yes, that that's an area that's likely to be of interest to companies. Yeah. So I have been doing some reading up on it. Uh, and, um, you know, clearly, it, you know, it, 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 it does... Everything they're saying does make absolutely perfect sense.
but it does take a little bit of a different mindset from certain leaders who are actually thinking much longer term than uh, than some, some you know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, companies who uh, chiefs you know they don't st- they only plan to stay for so long and therefore their only plans are actually their bonus on their activity yeah. in that period of time yeah, so they're just concentrating on the on the bottom line or the or the increase in turnover or whatever they're not they're based they're concentrating on whatever metrics they're being bonused on and yeah. forgetting about the long-term everything else of the business yeah so so but so there's 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 talk about the legislation might come in which that will actually then force companies to think more longer term than they do at the minute so yeah so that, that'll be a bit like the gdpr rollout like you know so companies yeah. have to do it by a certain time. So therefore, the industry grows out of the, you know, the necessity rather than the, the, the say, the demand. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. so. I think there's, something, there's definitely going to be something. Well, there needs to be something because it's just so much waste. Um, and uh, there's only uh, so much they can do about it. So uh, yeah. by, you know, voluntary means... Now yeah. it's about actually making people do things because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, but it's just like it's like they try to make all the people solve all the problems with like recycling and, and climate and all that. And you know, the people are like, you know, we're like little tiny like lemons in comparison to the big corporates. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they try and make us, you know, like save the planet, whereas we can't save the planet. You know, it needs to be legislation, it needs to be the big boys, the big companies, you know. They're the they're the companies who could save the planet. All we could do is like could contribute in a very very small minor way like you know you yeah get the collective effect of people you get the collective effect but still the collective effect of getting the top 500 companies to do something about it is is much bigger and you do see a lot more videos um i follow somebody who does a lot of innovation type videos and where people are using recycled products and they talk about all the benefits of doing it right but you didn't really think of it if you know, why doesn't more companies then do it if these benefits are there? And I think it's about that. They probably have to do a little bit of investment up front to yeah. get something a little bit longer term down the road. So Yeah, well, I know a company that does, he makes stuff out of the PPE and stuff from hospitals. Okay. Yeah. And that's I know good, um, yeah. there are some people doing the same thing with rubbers from tyre, I think. But that's what we need. What, what there should be is a big in, investment fund um, by the government. I think they may even this it may even exist, but probably there's not enough people aware of it because the government launch things a lot of the time. They just don't tell anyone about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they can say they've done it, but uh, yeah, don't yeah. spend any money. <laughs> but but yeah, you know these you know if for example we had uh, a bit like the Apprentice or the Dragon's Den, if we had a program every year where we had thirty entrepreneurs come on yeah. and they had to find a way to make a business out of something that other people were chucking away. That's the best sort of business you can make, you know, because it's definitely you know, it's, it's free, you know, your materials are free. You just got to collect them. Yeah. Yes, and you're solving yeah. the problem of, of you know getting rid of the stuff and turning this stuff into something else. Like, you know, I think, yeah, I think that, that would be a great idea for a business. I think I just pitched myself a, a show, a business show on, on the telly. <laughs> I think it would be great yeah. to, to come up with ideas like that. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure, you know, if we did some investigation, there's I'm sure there is programs out there like that, but it's actually trying to bring it to the you know to the UK. Have their spin yeah. on it, whatever would be really good. Yeah, the, the environmental den rather than the dragon's den. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Uh, Let me just break that down. Yeah, the environmental <laughs> den. Yeah, because like I say, you know, 
I'm into collaboration and problem solving and all that. Same as yourself. It sounds it. Obviously, we met on Clubhouse and, you know, generally that's how people who are like-minded often gravitate towards each other yes, in rooms yeah. on, on Clubhouse, etc. But, um, but yeah, you know, these problems, the, the politicians, they're not very creative. That's why they go into politics. You know? They just, you know, they listen to what everyone else has done over the years and think, oh, yeah, well, we'll just do a bit more of that. They're yeah. not really change makers or, or leaders or innovators or creatives. And I think those people need to be created to, to solve some of these problems that we seem to just keep sweeping under the carpet and not doing a lot about, like, you know? It, it, very much so. And, you know, having learned in a little bit of a way uh, trying to resolve the, uh, the colleague suggestion scheme issues, certainly by, you know, if you are challenging the way things have always been done, then that is a very, very difficult journey to be on. And, and I guess that a lot of MPs just get bogged down in the mechanics of how the whole thing yeah, works. Yeah, the politics. The politics yeah. of it, really. Because, like, yeah. in a corporate world, I've always challenged the way everything's been done. I'm a disruptor. And uh, that's the way I go about doing things. I look at, yeah. if everyone's going to the left, I go to the right. You know, I always say, uh, if everyone's yeah. zigging, I'm zagging. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the pol politicians, they don't tend to do that. They tend to just go with the, well, populist opinion, if you like, rather than be that creative or that person who stands alone. They just go yes, with what yes. they think everyone else wants you to do. Is a lot of the time, they want you to do something different. They just don't know that that something different exists. Yeah, a lot of the time they just they just could not be bothered with the hassle. Yeah, to get to get to that destination, but um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, making change in a commercial structure can be done, but in the politics, it just you know if you try and think about something different, everyone's just like, uh, what what this person is trying to do, <laughs> trying to make too yeah. many changes or whatever. But uh, yeah. but anyway, so uh, so yeah, so that's a little bit about what you do. Um, what's the the sort of uh, plans then for say this year for next year for the future? Have you have you got sort of a, a five year plan um, and that sort of thing? Or, or the, well, the ideal situation of obviously is for me is actually to continue what I am doing, but clearly it's been a little bit um, being difficult. But uh, in a way, it's actually to try and create some products which are. Uh, of use which may be generate some passive income whether that's actually some um uh, i'd created a uh, every you know linkedin is obviously the big place now where a lot of people go for roles uh, and there is obviously there's a there's a a oh god i can't remember the word for it now is uh, where um it kind of like looks at various indicators of your profile to say whether actually um uh, it actually uh, pushes forward your posts and stuff and and um, and that come up with a way of actually um, uh, it was a scorecard to try and help people get to improve that and it's like you know that's the kind of um, tool it's like like a diagnostic tool yes, that yes, actually, yes. I would actually put publish on uh, and you might only put it on for a couple of quid and that kind of stuff right but but in that same theme you could actually create diagnostic tools for other activities that actually yeah. help people to say how close they were to actually getting where they want to be, um, and um, and I've worked with, uh, I've kind of like discussed it with a few other people, and, they, and they, you know, so that, that was kind of things I've done. It was a little like little pivots stuff, and and there is other other uh, you know, small. They call it but they call them splinter products, where you kind of like take a shaving of things yeah. that you do normally 
end to end and actually sell them as smaller products in the hope then people might be tempted in to actually buy a much well, bigger. Yeah, you, you could do like um, like a like an ebook basically of like a change and transformation in right. supply chain or, or change and transformation in you know call centers, contact centers, wherever. You yeah. can create these little ebooks, put you know top ten tips or top fifty tips or whatever. Sell yeah. those tips and then at the bottom advertise that. By the way. If they're not very good at implementing these tips or they haven't got the time and they need somebody exactly. to come in and work on them, then, you know, add a bit more flesh to the bone, if you like. Yeah. Then you upsell them, you know, you can upsell them a, an online course or a one-to-many course or a or a consultancy where I come in and, and, and be the change, like, you know? Exactly. And then I've been looking in. So usually I would go in either uh, employed directly by the company itself, right, because they want people for a period of time or through an agency, uh, and then I was looking into perhaps then actually being the person actually bids for the work in the first place. Uh, and then I would employ other people to help me go in and deliver it um, and, um, and maybe create a slightly different model. Um, uh, so myself and, uh, and some others have been talking about that, doing some of that kind of activity, yeah. which would take us and but do it more as a social enterprise rather than actually having, you know, the person at the top taking all the, uh, profits, you know, share it around or whatever. Um, that was another way of doing it. Well, something else you could do as well, I think, which would work well for you, is okay. you, could, um, you could set up like uh, like an Upwork or a freelancer type site, which I don't think would be that much investment. Yeah. yeah? And you, because I think it's quite niche what you do, yeah? And you could, uh, you could be um, the person who matches... Uh, if you like change makers and trans transformational leaders and stuff, you can be the person who match them to the clients. That you know, yeah, that's it. Well, that's well, I guess that's what a lot of um, recruitment agents do uh, yeah. anyway. But I, um, one. I don't know if there is one in your sector, but um, you know, oh, there's yeah, one for like freelancers and Upwork and you know graphic designers yeah. and all that. But is there one for change makers? Because you know, loads. Absolute loads, uh, and um, uh, and some of them are absolutely brilliant, and and they really get it. And some of them are just it's just a title uh, on their name, and don't really get yeah. the, um, the 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 essence of what you do. And um, but yeah, no, there are loads of them do that. But yeah, yeah, there's lots of ways, uh, uh, and there's and there's some other activity which um, I might take even a slightly different direction um and um and that is um which you know it's it's all it's all under wraps at the minute but um but at some point um i i end up might doing something which would actually take me out of completely what i do but actually would use the same skills the organizational skills and logistic skills um so i'll, I'll keep it under wraps for now but that uh, that might come manifest itself in the next few months yeah. Well, there's also, you know, um, you could go down the, uh, the the book and the speaking and all that sort of uh, route as well. Have you thought about that? Um, I thought about it, um, uh, but you know, my guy, I think I think it does take a certain animal to actually to be able to sustain that talking um, yeah. and uh, uh, and bring in fresh things to the table all the time. You know, this this the, the way you're doing it now is that you're obviously you're sharing. You know somebody else's experience but actually you're chipping in with your own experience and, and actually relating your own life uh, life experiences and i think that's a great way of doing things uh, but i'm not sure whether i would be the right person for that the right animal to do that myself yeah, personally yeah, yeah. but you know you never say no 
no, uh, and uh, and therefore it might be something I, I certainly come up with. I certainly think that there is um, there is room for coaching and mentoring with the government announcing. Um, and I have uh, I've got a life um, uh, uh, got a life coaching certificate diploma actually, um, and um, uh, where the government announced where they're going to introduce some mini MBAs for some of these smaller companies to help them think bigger and more strategically and make better decisions and, and look at things you know uh, properly as in root cause and efficiencies etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, and um, there's uh, the government announced uh, that they're going to sponsor people to do these mini MBAs uh, and therefore um, they would these people will need mentoring and coaching afterwards to help them actually implement what they have learned on the ground uh, yes. and uh, and certainly i have done some of mentoring coaching in in, in the past or whatever so I certainly that, that's an area that some of us have been talking about you maybe create a little bit of um, a group together that people can come to and um, yeah. to get some support yeah well if ever you do anything like that if anyone needs any help with their sales and marketing and all that sort of bit, bit and credit really? credit control as well because I used to work in the credit industry so uh, they're they're sort of my hot spots if you like uh, and social media and podcasting yeah. and speaking and uh, all that but yeah you know um yeah I find uh, I find doing these sort of things like I, I've actually become a professional speaker I think I've always been a, a yeah. I've always been a professional speaker as in I've always used my voice for a living. But yeah. I've also had to do, you know, driving to appointments and paperwork and admin and all that. And now I just speak 24 hours a day on <laughs> on Clubhouse. And when I first started, I used to get like sore throat and uh, I used to dry up and stuff. But for some reason, I'm, I've exercised the muscle so much now that I can just talk every day <laughs> and I don't get, I don't lose my voice. I don't know what that yes, is. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like as if it's like it's like exercising it, like, you know, if you, yeah. if you really work it, it, it actually gets stronger, like, you know. Yeah. Do you ever get tired? <laughs> Uh, you seem to really. love it. I've never, yeah. I've never really, uh, I've never been one to get tired. In I, I, I sleep for my seven, you know, six, seven, eight hours generally, right, okay. and that that gives me enough energy to last, you know, working eighteen hours, you know, yeah, 16, yeah. 17, 18 hours, which is yeah. what I've always done. Really, I suppose when I was married, I used to, you know, maybe not work for say I don't know three hours a night or something and and, and right. most of the weekends but um I think when you love what you do which I do I love what I do I'm, I'm somebody who's clever enough if you like most of my life really all of my life yeah. really to have always gravitated towards things I enjoy doing right great yeah great. because yeah. Uh, you know we all end up having to do stuff we don't want to do you know at times in our life and stuff you know we're doing stuff for a paycheck or whatever but even when I started you know, I started off uh, hustling as an entrepreneur at 11. I started right. off in employed sales at 15, just before my 16th birthday. Nice. And, uh, and and I've always been in sales. And I like to chat. I like to listen to people. I like to, you know, have a laugh with people and stuff. And I'm, I like problem, uh, problem solving. I'm, I'm a solutions person. Yes, so for yes. me, everything that I've always done has always entertained aspects of what I enjoy doing. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you you're saying there that, that um, you you always you know, you love what you do, etc. And I, and I think for me, you know, this dilemma about working for somebody else or working for yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly for me, that maybe it would have been easier for me to get a permanent role in the last year. But I want to stick to doing what I do, i.e. Yeah. Uh, 
have a level of independence, yeah. which um, I, I think I would be very, you know, I'm not saying I'm disagreeable, but I would say, I certainly think that I don't like to, the, you talk about politics, I don't like the company politics no. or the regime you have to stick to or the assessments which are very subjective. I like to go in and actually help it and then leave something and then walk away uh, uh, rather than actually sticking, you know, sticking with and playing the game within the companies. Yeah, I just like being in charge of my own diary, my own destiny. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't like being told what to do, really. Yeah. I want to do what I want to do because you only got one life, innit? So why spend it? Why spend your entire life doing what other people tell you to do? Yeah. Why you decide what you want to do. Exactly, and I, I think that's uh, what you know. I was talking there about doing maybe a mixture of things, and I think that 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 type of almost like portfolio style of career um, yeah. allows you that flexibility to do a little bit more of what you want to do. Yeah. and, and uh, take time to actually explore particular avenues which turn yeah. out to be quite profitable for you yeah definitely definitely i always encourage people that's one of my big missions in life is encouraging people to chase you know their dreams really to do what they want to do not be listened to uh, you know but, but everyone gets you know when you're a kid you always want to be a fireman or an astronaut or a, you know whatever a scientist or a teacher or whatever it is but then at some point you hit a a part of your life where people tell you you can't do it or maybe your results aren't good enough or whatever and you get talked out of it and I'm always like trying to talk people back into it because it doesn't matter what your results are it doesn't matter what people tell you what matters is is whether you really want it or not if you want something bad enough you can make it you can make anything happen generally if you want it bad enough enough yeah and I think you know and that was just a reflection also even within companies when you go in there and try to improve things that they often say to you, oh, we've, all, oh, we've always done it this way, etc." And again, it's about getting people to change. I have to kind of engage a lot of people emotionally to try and get them to change their minds about things. Uh, and um, and that, I think I, I'm only able to do that because I work independently rather than actually being part of the, the, the normal regime within the company. Yeah, yeah, I used to have to do the same things. I used to have to go into big corporate companies, find out how they were doing things and try and find an alternative way to do it better. It was in yes. technology and, and you know, mod, mod, modern things that they may be, just because they've always done something a certain way, doesn't mean it's the best way. A lot of the time it's Frankenstein. As you grow, you grow rapid and you, you put things together because Absolutely. of necessity and they're not efficient. They're just, they're just the way they are. And sometimes yes. you've got to rip them up and put something new in for it to work much better, like, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what I do, is I go in and actually try to do it differently uh, rather than actually do it the way they think think that should be done. Yeah. Look yeah, to yeah. see what is it they want to really do. What is it they need to do with the customer? Because that's the yeah. key person in, in this game, right? And then work backwards to see how they can actually do it more efficiently. Yeah. Um, and yeah. um, But try to do it so that actually they don't have to spend lots of money doing it. Or, you know, as you say, get some technology to come in, um, actually, which will help them on that journey. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the time when you're in the business, you're too close to it. So you see everything. Oh, this is how it works. You know, you don't yes. step away and overview it and question it. And go, well, why is it 
why is it that way? <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah. yeah. So so I think I, I think from what you just said there, we both do a similar sort of thing. Uh, that's what I used to do. I was always looking because I'm in sales and marketing. Always looking for the customer first and work backwards. You know. Yes. So so many so many people start from the company and work forwards. But if you just start with the end point in mind and work backwards, it's a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. I think you know this this thing about outside thinking versus inside. Inside out thinking yeah. that um, uh, kind of like really helps um, that that changeover really focuses people the mind all the time about um, where they are in the chain that actually keeps on affecting the person at the very end, the customer all the time. You know, so that's uh, yeah. I definitely agree. That's the way to go going forward. Yeah, brilliant. So, uh, do you have um, any sort of websites or places to direct people at the moment? Obviously, I guess social media and all that. But yeah. what are the sort of places people can um, seek you out and get engaged with you and see what you're doing? Yeah. So my main uh, my main uh, place where I engage with people is actually on LinkedIn because that's where my customers are uh, and my clients are. Uh, and um, and then it's about um, either commenting on other people's posts that actually are maybe gurus in the industry um, um, or else I actually write my own posts, which is usually about a story about something, some of the things that I have done and how I've gone about it and what were the lessons learned. Yeah, I kind of Case use studies, that. case studies. Yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. And just, uh, but make a little bit of a story about it and then try to get people to engage with me um, and stuff. And, I, and I've had a few approaches through, through in that way. Um, I have never got a role actually applying for a role. It's always through either people I've known or that um, somebody has seen something I've posted that actually come to me and said, I think there's something here you can help me out with, um, etc. So I think that's um, that. my main point is LinkedIn. I do have a website, which is plumfall.co.uk. Uh, uh, and, um, and then obviously I'm uh, on Twitter and I'm on uh, Instagram because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to communicate with each other right, yeah. uh, from Clubhouse um, uh, uh, if it hasn't been for, for good old Instagram. So, so um, and um, I was going to say, what obviously on Insta, on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram, you connect with lots of people. What yeah. would be the ideal sort of avatar, really, if you had a phone call, you know, uh, out of the blue, and it was like, oh, I, I want you, I'm, I'm in this industry sector, and I, I wanted to do this. What, what do those calls look like? Who, who would they be, and what, what would they want you to do? So the ideal candidate for me would be um, is probably um, either a larger retail company uh, or a financial services company that uh, that needs some help on efficiency measures or customer experience, or they've got some turnaround situation, right? So those are my kind of ideal, but equally, I've worked for, for some small, uh, small to medium enterprises as well, where again, you're looking at the whole company and you're looking across the, the wider piece. So I like both of those. And I think if I had to pick one, I think the small to medium enterprise is actually probably a little bit more interesting because you actually cut across all areas and you end up working you know, across the enterprise and more cross-functionally, lots of different people, and you're seeing things from different angles, uh, and it's a little bit more complex, um, uh, and therefore it makes it quite a bit more interesting to try and uh, smooth out all that complexity and deliver something which is actually quite powerful to that organisation. You have, um, like, uh, relationships, affiliate-type relationships with business consultants and advisors? So yeah, so, so I'm uh, I, I've, I'm connected to a number of other consultancies 
but um, and obviously then there, there is various institutions, the Change Management Institution and uh, various uh, organisations like that. But the other consultancies um, are they're, they're probably a, a little bit bigger than mine. And then obviously that I, would, I would go in for either short periods of time to actually help them out with small pieces of work yeah. or a, a slightly larger project of delivery. And um, so I engage with them. Um, but we're all saying the same thing. You know, people are telling us that companies are crying out for people to help them work more efficiently, but nobody's hiring or the hiring process is quite slow. Um, I do think there's going to be quite a lot of the regulatory area. Uh, whether that is in every industry has a certain amount of regulation. So it could be um, in anything like the FCA or Ofcom or uh, off what or whatever. Uh, and um, so therefore those are areas that I've actually worked in and they all, they all kind of work the same similar way. Um, and um, it's, I think that's going to be a big area of interest going forward. But yeah, you, you're keeping your ear to the ground. You're chatting to people. Um, I meet up with a, I organise, I meet up with a fellow, uh, some fellow job seekers um, from, um, from across different industries every Wednesday evening. And we kind of chat about how her experience is being, but we obviously share ideas or any news that we've had about things that may come up and who it might be worthwhile to contact. So there has been some people in that group, I've actually advised them, you might be a useful contact to them. Uh, yeah. because obviously because you, you your network is absolutely fantastic and you know a lot of people um so um i'll drop you a line of who they are uh, and um and i'll make sure that they try and engage with you yeah brilliant yeah definitely and uh like you say i always like to ask that one for my audience and uh listeners to know but also for me then when i meet people you know if i if i know somebody's in uh you know retail or the finance sector or whatever yeah. then i need to to uh, when somebody says to me what they do i need to then link i need to have that link in my head that thinks oh okay this is what i can direct to uh, to susan or, or yes you know. yeah 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 so, so these, these guys are, are not uh, they're, they're not in the same industry as me but but they've worked in uh, like marketing marketing director there's been operations director and one is a chief operating officer and they've worked in small companies and, and large companies and startups etc so yeah. again yeah. Uh, it's all, all about bringing that wealth of uh, experience but um, again as I say you know it's just about you, you'll know either something about that industry or you might know a, a contact and I thought yeah Mike would be a good person to uh, to make, make contact with. Yeah yeah it's, it's like you know, I spent 10 years in the credit industry so any businesses in the credit industry that need help with sales and marketing then Obviously, I'm much more suited to people in the credit industry than just people with sales and marketing consultancy experience or whatever. Like, you know, because it's it's more tailored. If you like, it's just more yes. there's more experience in it, isn't it? Like you know, but um, you know, I've been in sales and marketing for 32 years. I've covered all, all sorts of sectors. So, you know, that's that again is one of the reasons why I can sometimes come up with solutions like you can that yeah. are out of the box and, and a little bit different than say other people who don't have the same experience because they just don't have the same, they don't have the same tools in the vision of the solution. Yeah. And, and, and you don't always, uh, you don't always have to go into companies that think they know what the solution is, right. You can go in there and actually help them from the yeah. ground and actually help them generate what the ideas are. So I'm in, in discussions with the minute with a small a utility company which is exactly that that they want to grow they want to get to the next stage of growth right and they need somebody to come in and actually help them have a good look at their company yeah. and what they do 
uh, and actually see what improvements can be made uh, at all levels and across the piece. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, um, it's been great uh, having a chat with you and getting to uh, put a, a face yeah. to the voice, if you like, you know, which is uh, actually we didn't talk about Clubhouse, so uh, yeah. might as well talk about Clubhouse. Cause, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fine, yeah. It's very topical, so just a couple of minutes. Uh, how have you found Clubhouse? Are you doing your own uh, club and uh, rooms or, or anything? Uh, tell everyone yeah. a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah. So, so I, I think Clubhouse is great. And I think that I have found this, um, this uh, third lockdown particularly difficult, right? So it's almost like for me, per, on a personal level, that Clubhouse has actually come right at the right time because you, you know, I'm engaging with a whole lot of people. I've met so many people like yourself uh, and several others. Um, and then I do have a Clubhouse, which is called Retail Therapy. Uh, and then every Friday at two o'clock at the minute, uh, I'm meeting up with another lady called Jenny Barnes, and we talk about all things retail. But this is more about you know what's happening in the retail industry, what's the challenges, you know what's happening, you know offline versus online, you know how to use data effectively to make better decisions in retail. And I just think that's one of those things that everybody has a a view because um, that we all shop, yeah. and therefore there's something to talk about everybody. We've not been promoting it vastly, but there's been there's been a you know a trickle of people that come in, uh, and uh, and therefore it's something we might want to then kind of uh, push more uh, assertively yeah. coming in the coming weeks. But I I'm certainly I certainly enjoy clubbing. And what about you? You you must love it. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I love it. For me, it's everything I love doing in life, all wrapped up in one place. You know, I love to uh, talk. I love to yeah. listen. I love to teach. I love to learn. I love to connect and collaborate. You know yes. what I mean? It's just like literally everything that, that, that I want to do. Is in one place. I love bit working and I love socialising and I do both at the same Fantastic. time quite often. Yeah. You know, and quite often yeah. I'm, I'm networking and I'm socialising at the same time. You know, yeah. and that's because I don't see it as work-life balance. I just see it as life. Just enjoy yeah. life, live life to your happiest. Like you know what I mean. That's what that's what I'm all about. And then actually something on that. And for for, for people, uh, I've only just set up my club, so I don't even think I've mentioned this since I set up the club. But I've set okay. up the screw the big uh, screw the big rooms club. Uh, and obviously, I do a room on there twenty four seven. Whether I will do that long term or not, I don't know. I'm trying to get other people to do rooms as well, so I can right. do a wraparound service. So the so the club runs twenty four seven, but different people are doing it. That's yes, my vision yeah. for a longer term. Yeah, good stuff. And, yeah, and I and I call it connect with others here. You know, screw the big rooms, connect with others here. Yeah. Um, what I'm thinking about doing is allowing people to set up like niche ones. So like connect with other retailers here or connect with other oh, change okay. makers yes. here. Yeah. So that's yes. what I want to do. I'm going to do a few of my own. So I'm going to do a few yes. of my own, like maybe like a power hour starting next week when I might yeah. do my 24 hour room, which is a bit like a bar area, but yeah. I'll, I might do um, connect with other podcasters here or connect with other social media influencers salespeople, marketers because really? i've got so many different aspects of me that i'll do my own aspects and then encourage other people to do their yeah. connect with other you know environmentalists here or connect with other change makers here whatever yeah well, well put me down for i i want to connect with other change business change people business and transformation change. people yeah, and so, um, I, I think I, I'd like to. I'd host a room and definitely try to get people to come into it because there is there is some people obviously I know 
who are in those uh, those areas. And I think they would be like, you know, just yeah. like to talk to other people. Well, I've got about... 220 members at the moment in the club. That's in Fantastic. like th- however many days, like less than a week. Yeah. 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 And obviously, because I'm on there so long, what I'm going to do is let people leverage my contacts for their events. So therefore they have Brilliant. bigger events, if you like. Yeah. Yes. But obviously I'm then leveraging their contacts, some new people to my club. So it's like win-win, uh-huh. win, which is how I do everything. Everything everything in my life is about win-win business. Like, you know what I mean? The more yeah, winners, brilliant. the better. So so that's what I that's what, what my long-term plan is, is to try and get enough people doing enough events on my club so that I don't have to do 24-7. Then I can just do two hours in between sort of like that club and that club, four hours in between that, well, that sort of thing. Like, you know, which Fantastic. Are... That sounds great. And I think what I really like about Screw the Big Rooms uh, connect with people here it is because it's almost like to me that is my home yeah. my home base um, and a lot of people say that it's their safe space like you know it's when you get fed exactly. up elsewhere you just come and chill out and you know you can talk about anything you know it's, I, I love um, when you go to big expos and convention centres and stuff when you're working and you're exhibiting and all that I love the bar area at the end of the night or the end of the event or and that's right, why yeah. I see it, you know all the coffee shop area I see yeah. it that's what I see it as really it's like um the coffee shop of clubhouse or the, the the bar area of clubhouse you know where people just pop in and have a chat and be real rather than be in work mode or you know pitching mode whatever they can just come in and be themselves like you know exactly right. and, and my ego doesn't matter doesn't have to be bigger than yours for, for yeah. me to be effective you know so that i that's what i love about it it's just very leveling uh, and everybody just talks to and and um, and I, I was listening to a really great chat this morning from a couple of people on your room talking about a uh, hdh uh, it was so interesting on how they you know a little bit of insight how it was for them uh, and yes. um, it, it was really really good really good and, that, and that's the kind of thing you, you just talk about lots of different subjects and that's yeah that's what I love about it because I'm a variety is a spice of life kind of person like you know what I mean yes, so yeah. if, if people come in and they want to talk about areas I have contribution to make I'll, I'll contribute if they want to come in and talk about something I have no contribution to make I'll just listen yeah. you know what yeah, I mean yeah. and that's the great thing is that you know you can which is great for the voice as well, because you get your times where you contribute and you get your times where you're just, you know, listening and learning something about something you may yeah. never have learned about that, you know? No, I, I definitely, everybody I speak to, I encourage them to go to your room uh, if you want it somewhere, just to, even just to practice how to be a moderator um, yeah. uh, and, and that can, and meet some other people for the first time. Yeah, well, that's what I'm going to try, because I used to, before I did the 24-7 room, I used to do speed networking, global speed networking i used okay. to do a moderator room where i teach people how to moderate yes. um, and i used to do uh i'm addicted to clubhouse and i don't care which is like a just a clubhouse room just i was just trying different things and that's where yeah. i want to start bringing back into my 24 7 room now because i've just been doing the same thing for like six weeks and although it's the same thing it's very varied and you know different because it depends on who's in and what the conversation exactly. goes but i want to do a, a few you know, focus areas, if you like, on the stuff, you know, yeah, so it's no, like, definitely. so that's my social club, and then I've got a, like a work hour, like a seminar, a one-hour seminar on a, on yes. a particular topic, that's what, because yeah. that, that appeals to my sort of corporate work nature, and not just my sort of, you know, chatting and socialising um, yeah, nature, yeah. you know? Yeah, 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 good stuff. No, I, I definitely, I think it's been, it's been great, and of course, you know, lots of the other apps will start to uh, bring it yeah. some competition, I think well, that, yeah. um, 
uh, Twitter Twitter's just, already doing it's, it's, it in Twitter spaces. Yeah, that was already yeah. happening. I haven't uh, been on it yet, so but I'm, I'm but not by, but, um, uh, but I think that'd be quite interesting as well. So, but you know, I think Clubhouse has been a great, it's great, and I hope to God. But I do think it probably has has had its time and it will wean out at some point. I think uh, I think it's definitely peaked. You know, I, well, I, not in numbers, but in like experience and stuff because as soon as the world starts opening up now hopefully there's never yeah. going to be another lockdown situation on a global basis like there has been so so yes. from a from a giving people time to use it point of view it's probably peaked i think it'll yeah. have more users but i think the users will be less frequent and less often on the site going forward yeah as in what else what else can they do with it that actually will make it an exciting place to be yeah. As it has I, been in the last six weeks. Yeah, but I think um, I think there's a lot. I think it can go a lot in regards to experience and a type of events and stuff. I think that will develop a lot. I think okay. there's going to be a lot more like virtual events, like music events, conference festivals, all that sort of stuff. I think I can see it going a lot away. So from a, it's, it's peaked, as in I think time spent on site and engagement is peaked. Yes. But I don't think it's peaked as in you know number of visitors and a type of activities, yeah. I think that's got a long way to go, yeah. That's my own sort of gut feeling, yeah, yeah. you know. And there's always this talk about monetizing it and uh, people making yeah. money of it. So I think that that might, might come as well. Well, that's the biggie. That's the biggie. If if it allows people to make money on it, then people will be more creative on how they can make money. So yes. at the moment, it's just people having chats with people and there's a bit of inventiveness going on. But if you put money into the system, then all of a sudden people got budgets. So like, for example, Graham, you know, could be part of the music entertainment, you know. Yeah. Different people have all of a sudden got budgets to enhance the experience. And, yes. and that's yeah. where the creativity will come in then. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. It's very so, true. Uh, yeah, it's sort of supply and demand, really, isn't it, in the moment? Yes. So, yeah. so and budget. Obviously, some of the bigger uh, bigger rooms do have funnels, if you like, that they're funneling people into. Like, I could monetize my room easy. I could turn it into a big room. I could, you know, uh, just offer real value in a particular area and funnel people into that area. I could do yeah. that. I'm, I'm a salesperson at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. I've been in sales for 32 years. But I don't. It's not what I choose to do. I don't. You know, I don't want to do that. I may decide at some point to monetize an hour or something or, or whatever. Or, or if the if the monetization comes in, I might decide if if I could do the screw the big rules without money. I probably would. Yes. But I might decide to do other versions of what I can do for a monetary thing like you know because i think screw the big rooms is like like i say it's like a it's like a it's like a community center it's like a drop-in center for people exactly, to have, yeah it's like yeah. a it's like a it's like a pub really where yes yeah. you know you don't make any money club, but it? yeah it's a bit like a like a working man's club or like, like a like a working clubhouse club you know yes, but, yeah. um, so i wouldn't necessarily want to monetize that but it depends how they bring it in and whatever but i would potentially monetize clubhouse i got no issues with monetizing clubhouse but i just think for me, I'm always about the, the value. As long as you're giving people an amazing value, then, yeah, you can monetize whatever you want it. But yeah. 
I'm not into like you know the the, the smoke and mirrors thing where they, you know they try and sell it as amazing value, but it may not even be any value, you know, because it may be the wrong thing for the wrong person. You know, yeah. I mean? sometimes. Uh, so yeah, I'm not massively into that, but um, but yeah, you know, interesting to have a chat. I, I like to have that uh, clubhouse chat because I think it's topical at the moment. Definitely. But uh, nice to see, obviously, what you're doing with uh, with changes, and hopefully, like I say, um, hopefully there will be some assessment at this one year anniversary. And, and and the jobs will come in for you um, with regards to change and yeah. stuff and efficiencies because I, th I think there's going to be a lot of companies that do do need it and yeah my suggestion maybe um, have a look at the fast growth companies in the last year once they've all filed their accounts and maybe do a bit of a targeted campaign hitting some of those operations directors and managing directors and CEOs with a, yes. you know I can see you're doing well at the moment but are there efficiencies to be had type message yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and to be fair i have i have done a few of those and stuff yeah. you know, so, but I, i've not had i've not had the most the greatest um success yet but I, i'm in conversation with one guy so yeah, uh, yeah. All right. but early days and just keep going at it yeah brilliant brilliant all right then well uh, nice to have you on the podcast and to get to know a little bit more about yourself and what you're doing but thank you, Mike. It's been it's been a real pleasure, and um, it's been really good to get to know yourself a little bit as well. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, well, uh, lovely to get you on the podcast. And if ever there's anything else going on, and you want to come back, and and or if you want to deep dive on a particular subject, I'm more than happy to do that. My first chat is always a getting to know you thing, but then I'm always yeah. happy to deep dive if there was you know a particular subject matter you wanted to talk about, and you know whatever. I'm I'm happy to uh, to have any entrepreneurial content on my podcast and help educate my listeners and my viewers in whatever ways we can like you know yeah fantastic I, I it's been a, it's been my pleasure brilliant all right i look forward to seeing you on clubhouse next okay thanks all mike right. all the best take care now bye-bye